May I speak to you in the name of one God, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen. Today we celebrate the Feast of St. Francis. Now Christians of all kinds admire and celebrate saints in different ways. Many towns have these long, slow parades of statues through small towns. Or people will create altars at home or wear special outfits. Here in the US, we celebrate saints by dyeing our beer green, <laughs> sending love notes, and crowding shopping malls, all in devotion to our beloved saints, Patrick, Valentine, and of course, Nicholas. But what is the real reason that we celebrate and admire the saints? What is it about these historical figures that inspire these traditions? Well, saints are our religious ancestors, they're family, and they each illuminate something really important about our faith. They are the teachers that we'll never forget. And Saint Francis is truly a giant among them. Now the Episcopal Church on Saints, which was once called Holy Women, Holy Men, it's now called A Great Cloud of Witnesses. This book has this to say about St. Francis. Of all the saints, Francis is the most popular and admired, but probably the least imitated. How true. Francis is a very complex figure for us to celebrate, and by no means a one-note saint. Yes, he is the patron saint of animals and ecology, and the reason we'll be welcoming non-human guests to our church later today. Francis cared deeply for all of creation, from wolves in the wilderness to begging lepers in 13th century Italy. But we easily forget that his devotion to God led him to reject his upper class roots and intentionally embrace a lifestyle of absolute poverty. He inspired many to follow him, yet spent the last years of his life deeply frustrated at how much the monks in his order struggled to keep their vow of poverty. We mustn't forget that the kind, gentle guy we see depicted frolicking among the woodland creatures in a brown robe was also a radical and a prophet and a man angry at the excesses of the church. Today, however, I'd like to highlight another aspect of Francis's life, something that I have come personally to admire and value deeply. Francis was absolutely fearless. And there are two stories from his life that are worth highlighting on this subject. Francis grew up the son of a wealthy cloth merchant who drank and partied and charmed all who knew him, the original playboy. His destiny was set, it seemed, he would take over the family business and inherit his father's fortune. However, Francis found the textile business boring and instead hungered for the fame and glory of war. And that hunger eventually landed him in a dank prison cell for a year, where he began to hear the voice of God. When he was released, he took on the life of a Christian seeker. 
He stole a bolt of cloth from his father's shop and his father's horse and sold them to raise money to build a church in San Damiano. When his furious father dragged him before the bishop to demand his money back, Francis stripped off his clothes, handed them to his father, and declared that God was his only true father. Francis's deep faith led him to this moment of absolute fearlessness. He was unafraid of his father's anger, of the deep poverty and the shame that was to follow. He was unafraid to stand before a bishop completely stripped, literally and figuratively. All this because he believed in a greater truth, that God would take care of him. The second story is the one that explains why we celebrate today with our furry friends. It is one of the most beloved tales of Francis's life and one that, as the school chaplain, I was required to tell the children at St. Paul's School every October. I would have been fired if I did not celebrate St. Francis. This is the story of Francis and the Wolf of Gubbio. The town of Gubbio was being terrorized by a fearsome wolf. Livestock and even people were being mercilessly killed by this creature, and the town had become so afraid of the wolf that it battened down the hatches and underwent a voluntary siege. The townspeople turned to Francis, who was rumored to be able to speak with animals. Francis went to the wolf and heard his story. The creature, injured and abandoned by his pack, had no choice but to feed himself with the town's slower livestock. And when the townspeople came to kill him, he simply acted in self-defense. Francis returned to the town and led the people through a prayerful and at times painful process of understanding the wolf's point of view, and eventually was able to broker a truce. The people of Gubbio would feed the wolf, and the wolf would protect the town. Francis was unafraid to face the wolf, of course, but he demonstrated an even greater fearlessness in this story. He was unafraid to suggest to these hurting, angry townspeople that these people who were mourning the loss of loved ones, that they should feed the very creature that caused their pain. It's a provocative solution, but ultimately the solution that allowed the people to live in peace, to open their city walls and to stop being afraid. Fear is the greatest burden a human being can bear. Fear causes us to close up our walls, to hate, and to long for revenge. Fear locks us into lifestyles that are immoral and governed by selfishness. Our brother Francis illuminates for us the truth that fear and faith cannot occupy the same space. If you believe that God will take care of you no matter what, you can be unafraid of poverty. If you believe that God can heal past hurts and offenses, you can be unafraid of the predators who would do you harm. This 
This is the life that Jesus invites us to in our gospel this morning. The yoke of fear is unbearable, but Jesus' yoke is easy. The burden of faith is light. And we who have been carrying the burden of fear our whole lives may not be ready to simply drop everything and replace it with our Father in heaven. But perhaps the example of our brother Francis can inspire us today to take a small step. And I invite you to join me in a little meditation. You can close your eyes if you like. Take a moment right now to think of something that you're afraid of. Big, small, perhaps it's a looming change in your life, a health or financial issue, or a fear plucked from the headlines about our nation and the world. Now imagine yourself placing this fear, this heavy burden into the hands of Jesus, entrusting it fully to him in all its complexity and enormity. In exchange, Jesus returns to you a small, simple wooden box. Upon opening it, you discover a small object. This object can take any form. That's up to you. But this object represents the same thing for all of us. It is faith. Faith that you are beloved of God, that your needs will be met, the kind of faith that leaves no room for fear. Amen.